you know, for me, it, it did come down after, you know, became a writer. I think I felt, even though I, I enjoy performing and especially now at this time in my life, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Like the stakes are non-existent. So like, it's okay to fail. Who cares? It's good to fail. And, you know, you'll get over it. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the MILFiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, this is Jennifer Tracy, your host of MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. Thanks so much for joining us. Today on the show, we have Claudia Lano. Claudia is a... TV writer. She began her Hollywood career at the age of 15. And I will save the rest for the interview. Her story is really fascinating and wonderful. And and Claudia is one of my favorite people and one of the funniest people I know. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Claudia Lano. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Hi, Claudia. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh my God. It's such an honor. And um you're one of the first MILFs on my list. Wow. So this is, this is such an honor to be here. And there's so much to talk about. Let's start with your hair. Okay, yes. I've been on a uh, curly journey. Yes. Um, I have naturally curly hair. That was fantastic for like before my daughter was born. And then after that was sort of like never the same. I got a sort of transformational blow dry after I started doing Rude Awakening, mm -hmm. maybe in the second season for a magazine story. Ah. And I was like, oh my God, I look like a movie star. Yes. And then I got addicted to that while I was also constantly anxious that the heat and the pulling would make me uh, bald. So, uh, but I was like <laughs> regular trips to dry bar twice yeah. a week. Wow. And then uh, my boyfriend and I went to New York and like we got off the plane and it was raining and, you know, we went out to eat and it's like, oh God, we're in the rain. I'm going to have to book a stupid blow dry tomorrow. But then when we got back to the hotel, I was like, this looks pretty good, you know? Yeah. And, and I was like, I think I'm done. I'm just done. I've yeah. got to figure this out. And then I started following all these girls on Instagram and about doing your hair. Yeah. And uh, now I think it's great. Yeah. It's so much easier. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It is. And it, I, I, I love you I, so thanks. much. Thank you. Oh you so <laughs> it is. I mean, and I feel like it's healthier. Yeah. That's good. Anything healthy looking is youthful. <laughs> and you know, it is true. I mean, I hate to talk about this sort of topic, but when you get older, uh, you know, if with the straight hair, if it wasn't exactly right, I felt like, well, first of all, that would make me crazy. But I also was like, well, now you just look like a bank manager, you know, <laughs> going to a meeting. You don't look like a show business person. You don't look cool at all. Uh, wearing a blazer doesn't look cool like it did, even though I have to wear one all the time. But, um, you know, do uh, you know you could really look like a newscaster was another thing I didn't want to look like. 
But uh, that will not happen with naturally yes. curly hair. Yes. No, so, it's very hip. Yeah. Hip. I mean, the thing about your... I don't even... Actually, the word hip, hip isn't is actually so even hip anymore. <laughs> but it's... The thing is with curly hair is that there's not... There's no new, other style. You either have bangs or you don't. <laughs> but you can't make too many shapes. You know, it is what it is. Like... um, so whatever. So I've been on my curly journey and uh, uh, it was really helpful. Like I was on a writing staff of a show, um, which was I Feel Bad. That was on NBC. I don't know if it's, I think it has some more episodes and um, it just makes it easier to get to work in the morning. It just if you don't have to worry about blow dries and dry shampoo, I had like bottles of dry shampoo and now I have bottles of other things. Of curly things. And you can also support a lot of women owned businesses via Instagram uh, for these hair products and also women of color owned businesses because there's a lot of overlap, which I was came up with a theory about. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to share? Yes. Okay. Uh, With curly hair or natural hair, that's in the natural aisle, which is like the African-American woman aisle. Okay. And they want to keep you segregated. Wow. They don't want you to have, they don't want you to want your hair to be that way. They don't want you to because it doesn't serve their commodification of you. Yes. They they want you to want, I mean, if you're white, you know, they want you to want, which I did want <laughs> and thought I could. And I think also being Jewish, you know, to be like Gwyneth Paltrow, you want to be Gwyneth Paltrow. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want curly hair. I mean, I don't know. So, um, so I don't know. It's sort like of like Madeline Kahn comes to mind. Oh, Madeline Kahn. Well, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, thank you. Remember? And she had her great curly hair. Amazing. There's so many. There's so many. But the thing is, is like, if you're straightening it, you know, there's a flat, now you have no volume and you need, you need lift. You need lift on your, the top of your head. You don't need flat. Anyway, that's my curly journey. It's very exciting to watch and follow on Instagram. I love your, all your selfies. I love to watch what you're doing. It's, (laughs) it's, it's also brave and it's a beautiful, um, example of surrender and the way you just described your journey. Mm -hmm. It's like an amazing surrendering that we all sort of have. And I just had photos taken last week and I'm 43 and I hadn't had my photos taken in a while. And I got back the photos and I looked yesterday. I was like, Oh, I I look really great. And I look totally 43 and that's (laughs) fine Yes, because I'm all about that. But it is interesting just kind of watching myself and watching all the programming that's been inputted into me, like what you're saying about the hair aisle at CVS or wherever it is. Yes. That I'm like, oh, I've got like, I didn't, you know, I meant to get Botox before, but then I decided not to because I was like, eh, I want to get my photograph taken this way. And it's like this constant battle of surrendering that I'm 43 and this is what I look like. Well, you know what? Our, uh, this is another big revelation is especially, um, if you're a mom, our timetable is not their timetable yeah. because we take time out to have children. Yes. And like, even if you have the most supportive partner in the world, yes. Um, whatever the societal expectations or biology, uh, 
you know, it's, it, that is a thing. So, you know, a lot of, you know, your best time to do accomplish things is also your most fertile. No, oh. your best time to accomplish things is after your kids are grown. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is the best yeah. time. Yeah. Because you've, first of all, you've accomplished this great thing. Yes. Uh, we've, you know, you know, I'm not saying you're not working while your kids are right kids, but, um, it's a, you know, your brain is split. It, yeah. it is, or, you know, even if, and if it's not, then you feel guilty. Yes. Um, so, but once, uh, you know, once your kids in college or whatever, building yeah. their own life, it's like, you're well, free now to you're pursue. free, you're, yeah. fr you're free yeah. and you just can't let the world tell you that, you know, you're, I create my own timetable. I don't need you to tell me when yes. things are happening. Yes. And look, cause that's the way it worked for me. Yeah. It's like my, everything was kind of, you know, my most fertile years were not my most fertile working years. Well, so let's talk about that. I okay. want to go back to, so you started your acting career yes. on a show called Knott's Landing. Yes. In the eighties. Yes. Um, and you were a teenager. I was, I was in high school. So were you, did you legally emancipate to no. work or did you have to work under the kids hours thing? Uh, yes, I had to work under the kids hours. Uh, it was a, you know, real surprise. Everything about it was very surprising. Um, both my parents were actors. Um, so, and I wanted to do that. And um, we moved out here when I was 15 for New York, and I had gone to that stage door manor, that theater camp, whatever. And uh, my stepfather's agent came over for dinner, and I sang a song that was my song I wrote on for, on my guitar, which was like, I'd sing it everywhere I went. Oh, that's it, amazing. So you're also a singer-songwriter? I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, sure. I did not know that. That's yeah. incredible. Okay. Yeah, I was... Uh, you know, in musicals and stuff. And I never knew the guitar. that you were musical also. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Very musical. Okay. I wrote the theme song to Rude Awakening. You did? I did. I didn't I know sang that. it at a table read. Oh, my God. I went, well, how about this? Is this okay? I write theme songs in my head for every show I'm on, wow. <laughs> by the way. Although I didn't do one for I Feel Bad, but I... Ha I you have time. There's yeah, time. Yeah. I, I, I come <laughs> up with them as I'm sitting there. <laughs> They're mostly silly, just things for the room. But um, anyway, so I sang my song. Can I curse on this? Absolutely. Uh, it was called Fuck the World. Oh, my God. Yes. And, and you were 15? 15. And <laughs> the agent said, you know, if, you know, well, we can send her out if you want. And my parents are like, oh, OK, I guess that's OK. You know, and it's like I was like, great. I mean, I thought I probably won't get anything, but, you know, it's a good experience. And like I got something Within months, wow! I was uh, had a huge, I mean, like a, a ridiculously large. I almost got fired, but guest star part on this was only a thirteen episode long show on the Mary Tyler Moore Hour. Oh wow! Which was a show that was about the behind the scenes of a variety show that Mary Tyler Moore was in, and half the show was a sitcom. It was an hour. Half the show was a sitcom. And half the show was the variety show. Oh wow! Anyway, it was a big. I did the I did the balcony speech from Romeo and Juliet. Oh my god! Wait, how did you almost get fired though? I was nervous at the table read, Aww. and the director afterwards said, "What happened to the you? 
audition you. Right. You're on, you but know. it was your first job. You were a kid. My God. I was constipated all week. Oh, I was so anxious. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was, anyway, the week I was shooting that, I auditioned for Knott's Landing. And I got it. I mean, it was, it was, it was that week I auditioned for it. It was just like a, I guess a, whatever, a moment or in the right place at the right time. And, um, somehow, and I cannot quite figure out how I accomplished this. I didn't leave high school. I stayed in high school. That was going to be my next question. I went to Beverly. Wow. I didn't think I knew that. Yeah. I went to Beverly. We slept, my, we lived in a one bedroom apartment. My parents slept on the floor in the living room. So that you could go to that school. Yep. Across the street. And, um, like I was Andrea on 90210, <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, the poor girl on TV. It was so bizarre. And, uh, nobody really watched the show when the people I went to school Not with. Not your peers, but yeah. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like anybody cared or really. And I was more involved with where my position in the drama department at Beverly, then really my position on the show, though I was also had a lot of thoughts about that. Anyway, I, yeah, I was on that for five and a half years. Wow. I know. <laughs> so while you graduated, you kept working on it. You graduated yes, high school. I graduated and- high school. I, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to leave the show to go to college and I was talked out of it. Which I don't think was a good mm. idea, but mm. whatever. i over it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was on, I was, yes, I got And what happened after the show, that part ended for you, then what was your next venture? Well, I think, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so when did you, uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I never know about what you say on a podcast. Whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with. You know with. what I mean? No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I got sober. Mm-hmm. That was my next venture. And then you... I, I, I did, I mean, I did that. Um, You know, I had, uh, in retrospect, I can see now that um, that was a very traumatic experience being uh, a child actor, yeah, and and being let go from the show, uh huh, yeah, which was like you know a family situation, and I was you know sort of sure, and so I at least you know I guess it was a smart move. I found another sort of large family situation yeah. to be in, yeah struggle to, I mean, I didn't know a lot of basic information. You know, I, I, I had, I didn't know how to do my laundry. I didn't know how to balance a check, but I had a business manager. I mean, I didn't know a lot of normal things. And, um, so that was, I mean, I didn't know what normal, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I hadn't had a normal life before then, which I didn't realize. And then, that was really abnormal to have all this money was like crazy. We didn't, my family, we didn't have money. Like we didn't have money yeah. uh, um, like that. 
you know, I started, I, I did stand up. I did, uh, you know, my stepfather's one of the owners of the improv. I worked at the improv, which was a weird move because six months or three months or whatever the months were before I started as a being a, a host at the improv, a hostess, at the improv, I was on a television show. So it's like, I was sort of, you know, the most sort of humiliating, or that's how I felt, um, place to be like, there's other restaurants is what I'm saying, but I didn't know how to get it. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. Yeah. And when um, you were still a kid, you were what, yes, 22, 22 or something? I mean, that's, I know yeah. it was 22. Yeah. And so I, I kind of got in and out of stand up, And, and at that time I also started like writing on my own. And, um, that became something else I was sort of trying to do, but I really didn't know how to go about it. And I guess, uh, so that took a quite a long time to figure out. I mean, I sort of call like the period of, and I, I mean, I met a guy, I, he had a daughter. I took, you know, I was like this, this like her nanny almost, you know, this little girl <laughs> who hated me. I was only 20 years yeah. older than her. Oh also. God. Oh God. Um, so I had all that. I got yeah. married. I, I got, I had a big baby and blah, blah, blah. Then I left my ex-husband, but, um, but I, the, the years from like 22 to maybe almost um, 36, even I, it was like, those were my years in the desert. I mean, it was, I would call that, um, the most confusing period of my and life. And how old were you in that space when you had your daughter? I was 32. Okay. I think yeah. 31. Okay. 31. Yeah. Yeah. And so you weren't pursuing acting during that time? Yeah, I was. You were still I was pursuing? unsuccessfully pursuing acting for a long time. I was doing stand-up. And um, you know, I got I got far along, not far along, but you know, I got like on I did TV, I I I did some, you know, I did clubs, did that that kind of thing. I, you know, went on at the, imp you know, at the improv four times a week. Um, That's really impressive. I mean, not a lot of comics get to do that. Well, I had an in. Still. Yeah. I mean, I mean my know. mother's a comic, yeah. you know. Well, you're also really funny. Thanks. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so were you writing also during that time, like for I yourself? I wrote during that period, I think I wrote five or six screenplays that I did not know what to do with, nor did I take any class. And the first one, I started writing on a typewriter. That's how old I am. And I, that took four years to finish. And not because I didn't was uh, writing every day. It was because it was the main thing that I learned in that four years was the habit of writing. That was very, I mean, it continues to be the hardest thing. And um, I think that was what I was sort of learning. And honestly, it really was easier 
once there were computers because the technology of the typewriter was something that I really struggled with. I'd put that fucking screenplay in the in the closet <laughs> inside the typewriter for so long I forgot how the typewriter worked. You know, I forgot how to put the ink I mean I'd forget how to use it. And then I go, I guess I should go back to that thing. And I didn't have an outline. I mean and I had it on pages. Oh, I mean, God. you know, it was like that. Yeah. That's how and oh it was a terror it was a torture, torture. And you had a baby. Well, not till I was 31. This is all. This is before the baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then so after you had your daughter, were you writing during that time or were you just I wrote during the entire time. After I had my daughter and after I moved in with my parents or some period around in there, some period, I kind of looked around the world I was in. I mean, things really take me up. I don't know if it takes me longer than other people. And I went, you know, Claudia, you don't know anybody in movies, but all these comics are writing on sitcoms. At least you know those people. Maybe you should see if you can write that. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a spec pilot. I mean, I wrote like two of, you know, I wrote a couple, I wrote a bunch of those. Sure. And then... And we had some readings of them and my, whatever. I mean, still nothing is happening. And then, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm like, you know, my money's in a fucking coffee can. That's yeah. how, I mean, I got nothing. And, well, and you're living with your parents yeah, because I you have, needed to move in with literally, your parents. With your daughter. With my daughter. Yeah. You know, things couldn't be worse. Um, <laughs> things couldn't be worse. And then I got some opportunities to do some internet internet stuff like writing on the, which is this is before it was a real thing it's like during the first period when nothing worked right you know so like i worked for a company and it all fell apart and the show never couldn't even be transmitted on or whatever and then um my mom was managing a stand up comic who i was like why is, you know, I was very competitive with, and she sold a pilot that she was starring in. She wrote it and starred in it. And I pitched jokes to her, I think, you know, and she said that I could help on the, on the pilot. And it literally was one of those things where I was there and I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. We also happen to have similar sensibilities. So I was very effective. I was there every day. I mean, I was like, you have to come at 10 and look at the sets. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. You know, okay, sure. You have to come look at the clothes. You have to run the room. I mean, I ran a, wow. a room, I think. And her non-writing executive producer was just like really great. You know, because that is really great. And then it is, after that show didn't go, I became that woman's assistant, personal assistant. And then I, I came up with the idea for Rude Awakening and I pitched it to that non-writing, he's dead, but that non-writing executive producer. And somehow, I mean, not somehow, but it was just like, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yeah. It was like, 
this, everybody goes like, you know, oh, astrology is so stupid. And I know it is, but I'm way into astrology. I know. I know it doesn't make sense, but uh, the show is called Rude Awakening. I had just declared bankruptcy. Okay. I'm with my parents. I am, my script is getting around town. Uh, I don't have an agent. My phone number's on the script. I'm getting calls from people. And Joe is, t- Joe Voce is taking me to meetings. I have to wear my mother's clothes. I don't have any clothes. Wow. Okay. And, but it seems like things are happening. And I read my horoscope. It was in November in the LA Times. And it said, people who thought you were down and out are in for a rude awakening. <gasps> Everyone will be shocked. And I thought to myself, this is going to happen. And it did. Was that already the title of the show? Yeah. And it was in your horoscope? Yes. That's crazy. I just got chills. I know. No, it was like that. I was like, oh my God, I think this is going to happen. This oh is going to happen. God. And it sure did. And it did. It was, uh, it was just like the most unbelievable. And I, my joke at that time was, I, was, I guess it was like, yeah, every 14 years, something incredible happens to me. <laughs> 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 that was exactly what I said, man, I can't believe this happened now. And it, was like, it was like with Knott's Landing. It was like, wow, every, once in a, every yeah. 14 years, something unbelievable <laughs> happens. I just have to hang in there for another 14 years. Oh my God. That's so good. Thanks. Oh my gosh. You, okay. So I'm going to tell this story. You may not even remember this. Okay. You called me into audition. Oh, did I? For the show. Okay. And I was so awful. Like, Oh, I'm sure you weren't. Oh no. No, no, no. I mean, it was one of those, I mean, maybe I wasn't that awful, but in my mind, I walked out, I was like, I just blew that so bad. Oh, God. And you were so sweet and generous to like, give me a chance. I was new in town. And, um, and then after that, I saw you, or maybe it was even before the audition. I can't remember, but you gave me the best piece of advice that I never took. Oh, what was which it? Which was, I was 23. I had just moved here. I was like, I'm going to be an actress. Yay. And you said, get a job on a show as a PA. You said, get a job on a show as a PA and work your, work your way up. And I didn't do it because <laughs> I think I thought, well, no, I, you know, I, I just was so gung ho on being an actress and what I thought that meant. And I don't know, just, just trying to spend, I, like you had said earlier about yourself, you had unsuccessfully, I feel like I unsuccessfully pursued acting for a good, until I had my baby. So a good like 12 years, full throttle. And I booked a lot of commercials, but not a lot of TV. And then after I had my kid, I was just kind of like you said earlier, like just, just done. Just like, I don't care about pursuing it. I, you know, it's, it was funny. I, I, this is even before Rude Awakening. Um, I, I was, uh, living with my parents and, uh, I got, I had one of my, screenplays my ex-husband's first ex-wife is also a writer (laughs) and she had a show and she had read the screenplay and she had me in uh, because they were doing non-union writers and it shot in Czechoslovakia or whatever and I went in and I had a really good meeting and then I had to come up with a story and pitch it 
which I didn't know how to do. Yeah. And I was, you know, this is like, this is like the, a big fucking deal, yeah. you know? And I was working on it and I got an audition and I was like, you know, you're, they want you to go to producers, which by the way, isn't that big a deal, but, yeah. um, you know, it, it's producers and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I, and my brain said, I'm probably going to get this writing job and I know I won't get that acting job. So, and I don't have time. Totally. That's where I've gotten to where I you just know, don't I have just, time. I don't have to, I had a baby. I have yeah. to get this writing job yeah. and I know I won't get that acting yeah. job. So that was, that was it. And I just went, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm, I can't, I know it's not going to happen. It was the same thing with stand up. It was like, um, besides the fact that it was unrealistic to be performing at night for me in my situation, yeah. you know, um, well, yeah, with a kid and you were working as a writer and it's well, like it was, yeah, it was a lot of reasons why it was unrealistic, but, um, um, at a certain point I went, if I'm not better than I am now, I don't think I have time to get as good as I need to be mm. in time for it to work out for me. No, oh, that makes so much sense. You know, it yeah. was just like I was 35 or, you know, I was like, you're, you're not, you're, you know, I'm like, Sarah Silverman's a little younger than me, but it was just like, she's already way better than you. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be that good. Yeah. I had given her a joke which became a big joke of hers. Uh Um, and you know, I did it. I did the joke on stage and people would go, and I gave it to Sarah and she killed with it. And it was, which was great. She was so generous about it. Telling people I wrote it, which was Mm. a big deal and such a, so, so fucking sweet. Yeah. And, um, and you know, meant so much to me. Yes. And, um, but it was like, you know, she's a, she's a natural at this, Yes. you know, and, and you're don't have time to become an act. <laughs> you don't have time. Totally. You're running out of time. You've totally. got to, you know, but, and sometimes off like it. if you were super passionate about it, sometimes passion can, can make up for that. I think. Yeah. I think that, you know, for me, it, it did come down after I became a, you know, became a writer. I, I think I felt, even though I, I, I enjoy performing and especially now at this time in my life, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I don't know what, like the stakes are non-existent. So like, it's okay to fail. Who cares? You know, I mean, like you should fail. Like that's good. It's good to fail. And you know, you're, you, you need to. And, um, and you know you'll get over it even whatever but um i think like i was uncomfortable being you know, i was more comfortable behind the scenes which sounds in- insane especially to people who knew me when i was younger where i was just like you know ah, yeah fuck the world yeah, was just, yes exactly <laughs> i'm like here's my song here's my thing yeah i was like i i sort of like when i try to explain to people what i was like as a teenager it was like i was like you know, I mean, I was dressed in sort of punky outfits and or whatever, but I was like Tracy Flick, but about the drama department. I would, you, you know, I'd really, that's all I cared about. 
If you weren't in that, I did not care about you. I didn't know you. I didn't know your name. I can't talk to you. I don't, I was been like that since I was five. When I was five and my mom and I moved to Little Italy, well, maybe even three or four or something in New York, uh, Greenwich Village. And there's like, this was like Italian, like they all went to parochial school and I'd be with these like kids, like four, four or five. And they, you know, say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I don't know. Why? What do you want to be? Oh, I want to be a famous actress. <laughs> I mean, that's, and I thought that these kids who didn't know what they wanted to be when they grow up were like losers. Yeah. <laughs> Loser babies. Yeah, I, I really did. I, I yeah. mean, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, you got to be working now. Yeah. That, but that, you know, you got to be thinking Lock's about ticking, that. Kiddo. There's a lot going on. There's a competition is very fierce, you know, because <laughs> I was so like, you, you were know. already in that world because of your parents. Yes. Well, that's what they were thinking. Sure. And I, I'm, you know, I mean, I have two half brothers, but the majority of my time, I only saw them on the weekends or every other weekend, was spent with my mother and stepfather in a very small apartment. Yeah. So I was very. Were you like, the entertainment? Were you the nightly show? No, you, did I you was put the audience. Oh, you were the audience for them. Oh my god, I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> They like would perform for you every night yeah, or just well, they would be on, they would doing bits constantly. Not intentionally. Right. They're, every move they're is They're being, like, yeah. They're, they are every, every facial expression is more than other people. Of course. You know, yeah. and they were, this is a Yiddish word, geshrying constantly about their career <laughs> and what the audition. I, you know, I, uh, my mom would, you know, be, we lived in, I mean, you can't imagine, you, 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 you know, could fit this whole, my living room oh. is the size of the apartment. Okay. And there's a room. And did you there's ever, a, uh, in the, yeah. Did you complain? Because I'm just going to interject here. My son, I live in a, in a small bungalow about wow. three blocks from here. Nice. And I'd, I'd say it's about 1400 square feet. We have a mm -hmm. tiny little backyard. We've got two little dogs. I have my own garage, which is really fun. Like, I love that. Yeah. He's like, this is small. This is so small. I'm like, Ugh. and I always say, people grow up in New York City in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. I don't think I, uh, no, I did not come. I did not have those feelings. Complaining. Maybe no, because we were, you're, we, uh, you had other friends who had similar. Well, I didn't have friends, but uh, <laughs> and no, I didn't have friends because with the other four year olds were losers. Yeah, I was not. It was not. I mean, I had a couple of friends, but I was not what you would call popular. Right. Nor did I get. <laughs> nor could I identify with other children, and right. they did not like me. Right. And I was an asshole. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a weird. I was weird in many, many, I mean, I, you know, I was unsupervised, <laughs> you know, I just did not really have a normal yeah. existence, but, um, I was, look, what, I don't know what voodoo, <laughs> I don't know what voodoo my mother did on me, but I thought we are, first of all, her family wasn't talking to her because she'd left my father and taken me and I was one and a half. And oh, wow. 
and nobody was talking to her. My, my real biological father came from a well-off family. My mother grew up on welfare. So Ugh. the fact that she was leaving with this baby to go become an actress at that time was, was insane. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. To everybody. Yeah. And I just thought, well, we have to make it. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing yeah. more important in this world than my mother following her dreams. Wow. And Talk I, about pressure uh, yeah. on a kid. I mean. I, that's how I felt. Yeah. And this is the most exciting adventure. And we are on it. And I felt like I'm a, I'm on the team. I'm right. a part of the company. Right. <laughs> that, that's how I felt. Yeah. You know, and so whether we lived in a small apartment. It didn't matter. I didn't care about yeah. that. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't care. We were artists. We're artists and those people are doing boring things. We're exciting. We're special. Yes. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know like, yeah, yeah well, it would be nice if, you know, the shower wasn't in the kitchen. <laughs> oh my God. But I lived in a building where, the people, I mean, by the way, we were lucky. I'm not kidding. We had a toilet in the apartment. And not most a, people not, had shared. They had a, a shared a bathroom in the, in the hall. Wow. So, because I, I mean, and I would think to myself, I can't think of anything worse than having to get up in the middle of the night yeah. and go to the bathroom in this hall. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So uh, we are, we're the, we're the rock stars of yeah. this building. Wow. And that yeah. was the Little Italy building? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My stepfather was the super of the building. Oh, you're kidding. No, he became the That's super. That's how they met? Or, oh. No, no, no. He, they met in acting class. I see. He they became, he worked class. his way to be the super of the building. And so he's he still your to... stepdad now. Oh, the same? yes. Okay. Yes, yes, and yes. you're all very close. He's here. Yes. Yes. We're very close. <laughs> <laughs> Unnaturally close. Unnaturally close. Again, I have a, I mean, I'm doing improv with my mother and my daughter. Uh, which I love and I want to come see. You have to come yeah, see. I you gotta cannot, come see it. Um, you can't believe it. <laughs> I so have, good. I can read their mind. I, I can bet. read my mother's mind. Oh. You know, she was, we were at Thanksgiving last night. She was talking about something and somebody started to talk about something else. And I go, you better listen to my mother right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't you see she's t giving a toast i don't want you don't you don't want to live in the world where you're not listening to her toast right now because you know how that could go there's gonna be hell to pay if you, you don't. better listen yeah. to my mother so my mother is talking you better listen <laughs> everybody so be quiet she's trying to do <laughs> her toast i don't know you know it's not no it's you're uh, still on the team you're still on the team. For I can't your mom. get off the team. <laughs> so, I can't get off the that's team. Very sweet, She's though. very entertaining. Yeah. I, I you know, it's well, I mean, obviously the listen, the movie that uh influenced me the most. Uh, can you guess what it is? Mommy Dearest. No, <laughs> no, 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 but um, close. Um Oh, come on. It's okay. Postcards from the oh, Edge. Oh god, of course. It I was saw on the tip that, of my tongue. I saw that and I went I'm an actress. My mother's an actress. I got a drinking problem. I'm just the less famous version of these people. We're just less famous, but it's exactly the same. This is, I totally get everything about this. And it was just like, oh, well, and, she, well, and, and Carrie so you, was a, an actress. Yes. And so I thought, well, she's an actress. Yes. yes. She's a right now. She's writing. I can do it. I bet I could do it. Why can't I do it? I bet I could try. That yeah. was basically, I went, 
oh, well, people like this. I mean, it's my favorite movie. It's, it's the a greatest fantastic movie. In movie. The world. It really is fantastic. It twirled up. Yeah, That's one I mean, of my favorite. Uh, oh, everything. But wait a minute. So yeah. you actually did write your own yes. TV version of post of your life. Yes, not I Postcards did. of the Edge, but you wrote um how to live with your parents. Oh, that's another Wait, what's one. What's it called? Oh, what's the whole name? It's a long rude awakening. You was did. But then the, again, you did it. How to live with your parents for the rest of your life. How yes. to live with your parents for the rest of your life. Yes. Finally. It was a great show. Thank you. I really enjoyed it a lot. You know, uh, I mean, I hate to toot my own horn, but it was the highest rated new comedy that season. So, you know, that I do have to say there's one benefit of that not getting picked up for a second season which was, which I think I thought at the time, and which was, well, the good part about this is nothing will hurt like this again. <laughs> yeah. This is about the most painful thing <sighs> in showbiz. I worked on that, developing that for like 10, 12 years. I, I mean, I really worked on it. But then I've been working on another thing about it. So I thought, you know, and that's how I get through these things is I said, just because they're done doesn't mean I'm done. That's right. You know, maybe yeah. I'll do something else. Now, I don't know if I will. Oh, but, you will. Andrew, who's a mutual friend of ours, yes. always says, Claudia Lanau. Am I saying your last name right? Yes, that's right. Claudia Lanau, he says, is the most prolific writer I've ever met. Andrew, by the way, the man of whom we're speaking is 94 years old. Jesus. And used to direct Yes. Tons of stuff in LA. He's written tons of stuff. And so he's a big fan of yours. Oh, and I, we both respect him very much. And yes. he always said that about you. And, you know, I'm, I'm a writer and he would always, I've always looked up to you. Oh, thank you. And he would always ask me about my writing and then he would always mention you, you oh. know, and say, she's just prolific writing. She just writes every day. It's blah, blah, blah. you know, and, and I'd heard you say that too. And that's, that's become a big part of my Thing now is that it's just it's the daily time of putting it in like Boy, it's the habit nothing is more important nothing's more important it's the it is you know look it's easy especially because i have a I do have a little bit of ocd but so it's easy to get <laughs> so it helps you write is that what you mean no no i can be too you know rigid in general or you know i do think that like um, nothing is more important than your habits. You know, creating a habit, it's the only thing you can do are these, these things, you know, daily, so whatever. Well, and I've started working with writers as well and helping them. And I have so many writers that come in to me and say, I'm blocked. And I don't believe in writer's block. And, or I don't feel inspired. <laughs> and I always say the same thing. I don't feel inspired five days out of five when I sit down in front of my computer and I don't, I don't believe in writer's block. I just sit down and I power through it. And sometimes everything I write gets thrown away. Yeah. And it's for me just literally about sitting down at my computer. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's, it's, especially if you have, uh, like I do 80, 80, ADHD, I don't think ADHD, attention deficit. I think it's either order. I think ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity. Yeah, I don't have that. So I think you just have ADD. No, I'm so tired. I can't possibly have that. Uh, I have ADD. I have self-diagnosed ADD. 
I, it's like the only only answer I can come up with for why <laughs> it's impossible to to uh, focus. But um, uh, you know, and you can't uh, uh, you tell yeah. one doctor you're sober; they're not giving you Ritalin, right? <laughs> Uh, it's just I fucking write it on your permanent record and you go, I think I can handle it. I swear I I swear I could do it. I really believe it. Adder- Adderall be so great. Um, but whatever. So, you know, gotta trick myself many, 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 many tricks, many tricks up my sleeve to get it done. Um, because it's the worst, you know, it's the worst. You just have to remind yourself that uh, it's not going to be any good. I, I mean, it's so terrible just to sit there with your own thoughts. I mean, writers writers drink. That's why they drink. It's the worst. It's painful. I'm not that good in school. How the yeah. fuck did I wind up doing yeah. this? It's like, yeah. uh, you know, and then the other thing, the other joke I say is, um, if, uh, if only you had been a better actress, you wouldn't have to be doing this. How'd you get yourself into this position where you're just writing all the time? So but you're hard. so good at it. So, so you are on this show now. Yeah, we just wrapped. I uh, feel bad on I NBC. I feel bad on NBC. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it's good. Also created by another female yes. uh, writer creator. I know she's a good friend of mine. So oh, she did such a great job. She was boy. I she was doing. Her name is Asim Batra. And we worked together on Sean Saves the World, uh, which was, uh, you know, mixed experience. <laughs> but she was doing such a great job that um, I made a list one day of every good action she was doing for myself. Like, you know, I was like, wow, look at how she does this. That's a really good thing to remember if I ever run a show again. You know, it's just like uh, just trying to, you know, keep track of of what, you know, cool things other people do is great. You know, oh, that was a good, oh, that's a good. It's got to be hard running a show because in a way you're like the mom of the show. Oh right? yeah. Running a show is. I mean, it's massive. You're handling everything. It's pretty tough. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> the, there's moments of it that are great, but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, especially if you're a writer, uh, which is like a, a solitary experience. I mean, I didn't come up with this. I think Jonathan came up with it. That's my boyfriend who has run shows. But it's uh, it's like you, one day you're it's you and your computer and the next day you run a small business. Now you run a 7-Eleven. And every time someone walks into the writer's room or the phone rings anything happens, they are coming to talk to you. And so, you know, and you got the big wigs breathing down your neck. Too. And then you have that, which is really difficult emotionally to manage because you get, you know, you get angry, you have to, you know, control yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you gotta- I'm getting anxiety just listening to you talk about it. I don't think I could ever, I don't deal well with conflict or You'd be surprised. Yeah, really? (laughs) Yeah, you'd be surprised. Because like push comes to shove and you just kind of step into the role. Push comes to shove. And well, for me, as a person who uh, I guess enjoys structure or clear directions, 
Because um, you have ADD and yeah, OCD. And OCD <laughs> and need to check off a box. Yes. Oh, you did that right. Yes. <laughs> that's on a, that's used on a piece of paper and yes. you did it right. Yes. Um, the fact that you're in a machine that is running and you are just going from place to place, like even going to have a terrible meeting where everybody yells at you or something or is mad at you. I had that. Has that happened? Yeah, on Rude Awakening. I had to go to Showtime meeting, everybody mad. On your own show, people too, got mad at it you? Was too I don't broad. know why I think you would The show be. got too broad. Oh. They thought uh, in the second season and they wanted it to be this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought everybody wanted it to be funnier. Yeah. Who's telling you? Whatever. And the, it was funny. The girl, uh, the woman who was at the network afterwards, guys, Claudia, you did really good in that meeting. I, you know, I think I would have cried. And I was like, cried. I mean, you know, yeah, you must have had an easy life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. nothing. Yeah. I had a drink thrown at me doing stand up. So no one's throwing wow. a drink at me. Yes. That's what I always say. Wow. Yes. Here in LA? No, in Arizona. I bombed all week long. And you have to stay on stage or they don't pay you. Oh, my God. Terrible. That sounds horrible. Oh, it was terrible. So so you're on this show, I Feel Bad, and do we know? No. Okay, we we don't know yet. Okay. We We don't find out yet. No, we don't find out till May. And are you working on other stuff on the side? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we're I'm done with that show. So that's You're on hiatus right now. I'm over. Got it. And I'm supervising a Another a new pilot, a, a script. Right. And um, I think I'm going to write one. I pitched it on the. I pit. I, I came up with this anyway. I I guess I'm going to write it if I can get it done in time. I'm going to write it. <laughs> you sound really excited about it. <laughs> it's a good idea. I just. Uh, you know, I just finished this show, so yeah. I didn't. I haven't really had time to think about it. Sure, thinking about all the details—that's uh, the hard part. Writing it's not so hard. Once you have all the structure things yeah. worked out. So, what's your process like? Let's say, take me through. You have this idea for a script, yes, for a half-hour comedy, yes. uh huh. And do you? Start writing scenes right away. Oh, no. Do you outline? Do you start writing? Like yeah, what, you got to out. You, yeah, yeah. You have to. Uh, well, the first thing is, especially now. I mean, we're really in the beginning stages. Uh, think about the characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I already know four characters, but I need to, you know, flesh them out. And so then, how do you do that? Do you write about them? Do you yeah. just think about it? Do you you write yeah. about them? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll write anything. You yeah. Know? Come up with a name, Got it. you know, uh, Explore qualities, their, yeah. qualities, yeah. everybody, most everything I do is based on something, yeah. based on somebody. Yes. So, uh, or even who, who's the actor who I see sure. so I could have a face in my head, Yeah. you know, th- and just, you know, free associate. Yeah. No one else is reading this yeah. right now. So uh, so that. And then after you do that, then you have to do what is the hardest part any in any format, format mm-hmm. is uh, breaking the story. So, you know, what are the scenes? What's the sequence of events? You know, before, if I have an idea for something, I probably already know 
what the big moment is, yeah. what the emotional component is. Um, in this case, I already have dialogue areas and jokes I've written down, like, cause I can, I sort of like, as I'm in my daily life, a lot of the times, um, if my brain, you know, I'll, I'll think of, you know, it's like you're having conversations with yourself. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to remember to write that down. Oh, that's a good joke Yeah. for this, these two people to have. Oh, uh, this is, oh, that's the conflict. So you already know kind of like, or I do like what the emotional conflict is, mm. but then you have to like break out the plot part, mm-hmm. which is the part I hate. It's the hardest thing for me too. Oh, do I have to see them get out of bed yeah. that day? You yeah. know, it's like, is that important? Right. What's no. important to the What's story? What's important it's to so the story? Hard. Is this dinner? Is, uh, is it making dinner to, yeah. to talk about getting ingredients? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, like those daily lifey things. Yeah. And then, you know, you want to smush things together. So as many, as much of the story points are happening at the same time in yes. the same place yes. so that you're making a, a thing. Yes. So it's like, I know that this is, there's going to be a, a butting heads moment. Yeah. You know, for a pilot, look, you know, you're probably, is it a dating story? Is it a work story? You know, it's like you're, you know, yeah. is there an event? I mean, you watch a TV show. Yeah. People go someplace to do something. Yes. And, uh, much more than anybody in real life does. Yes. <laughs> you know, oh, there's the big work party. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, how many work parties yeah. do you, you know, <laughs> how many parties do you yeah. ever go yeah. to uh, where uh, I'm pr- making a speech? Yes. You know, yes. you're not making a speech. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's everyone, maybe once a year yeah. you're making a speech. Yeah. Or someone's making a toast or yeah. the people are coming and the other people are coming <laughs> and the, those people can't know about those people, yeah. you know. And, you know, you try to, I mean, the parts of those things that are interesting to me are sort of like the funny way or the way people look at a situation, mm. the way they explain a situation. Yes is is what's interesting to me yeah and what is funny you know the way they explain how they're feeling the way they explain what they're doing the way they the way they're reacting you break the story then you you know uh you do an outline um this is a little bit like am i gonna have time to do a real outline i gotta do enough of an outline so I can write, but it doesn't have to be, I think I can do in this situation, the kind of outline that no one else has to read, but me, or maybe my friends. Um, and do I, you run your, your writing by people you trust? Yes. I have a group of people yeah. and, um, and then I'll just zoom through, a get a draft done as quickly as I can. And, and then, uh, you know, smush, get, put it together. Yeah. But I, I, I would, <laughs> I would put my approach to running a room and even uh, writing. Uh, let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. Let's get it over with. I want to fuck off more than anybody in this room, but let's get this over with. Doesn't have to be perfect. 
let's just get it over with. Let's try to, we're going to, I'm going to try to zero in on, on this. Like there's, there's always like a couple of, you know, of these questions. It's like, if he wants this, then why is he doing that? You know, I need him to do that. Why is he doing I don't know. Oh God! Somebody say anything. Oh my God! When somebody painful. says something crazy, I go my my uh, like like a crazy idea. I go, I'm listen. I'm I'll do it. I'll put it in right now, as long as you or you either you've done it, somebody you know has really done that, or you've heard of anyone in the world. <laughs> Has anyone in the world done what you've just told me? <laughs> if anyone has done this and it will fix it right now, then let's do it. But it's got to be anybody, anyone. <laughs> anyone's ever said what you're saying. <laughs> you know? And then do people just fall out laughing when you do that? Or do they just go, oh, okay. No, I mean, they go, well, oh, my, my cousin Susie's uh, aunt. <laughs> Great. That's fine. When people ask me, I go, well, that really happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that really, yeah. People, people think that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know any normal people. That's funny. Oh as I go, you know, that's what, sometimes if I'm working on a normally type show, like a family show, which is, you know, it's a, like a normal, I go, you know, go to somebody else <laughs> to yeah. find out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know how you do that. I don't know anybody. Is that what, is that what, is that what moms say? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Um, and where can we find you online? If, if my followers want to follow you. Oh my God. I'm on Twitter. I think I'm Crappaport now. What's well, you know, this? Claudia Lano Rappaport. Like oh. I, I added, this is, I don't even want to talk about it, but because that was the dumbest thing. But on, on Instagram, I'm the Claudia Lano Rappaport. Mm. And on Twitter, I might just be Claudia Lano. So oh, it's Lano. Can... I was pronouncing it wrong. No, you were close enough. <laughs> You're very generous. No, you were. I always say Lano, but it's Lano. Okay. I think you I'm going to said... get it right. Okay. No, I said it wrong. No, you did it right. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah, no, it's fine. Okay. What well, I'm looking at my own Twitter thing now to see. Yeah. Claudia Lano. I am Crappaport. Oh my God. That's great. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Okay, great. Okay. So I'm going to ask you three questions. I ask every guest. Okay. And then we're going to go into a lightning round of questions. Great. What do you think about when you hear the word MILF? I think that I like the idea that moms and people have sexuality and everything. Um, but I also feel like we don't have to have sexuality to be like, uh, it's so much work. And I, now I gotta, now I need people to want to fuck me, <laughs> you know, all the time, everywhere I go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that's, so I, I, I'm on the fence. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know, but we live in such a society where this is put on us as such an important 
thing and it is a burden mm. that people don't, you know, that I think sometimes it, you know, you, you know, it, it stands in the way Yes, of, of, it's a lot of work mm. to be uh, fuckable all mm. the time, <laughs> like myself. How do you define success? I'm sure that the way I define success is whatever the person I'm jealous of has. <laughs> took me a minute to let that sink in. Okay. I think that unfortunately, that's kind of how I define success. Mm. Whatever she or he got that I want, they're successful. Mm. <laughs> that's how I define success. Even though I'm just going to challenge you for a second, even though in your own life and all the story that you just told me, your journey, which is just a piece of your journey, obviously we've only been talking for an hour, but you've had tremendous success. I know that. I, uh, I mean, I tell myself, oh, you know, people could feel that way about you, Claudia. Yeah. And you should be grateful. And I am grateful. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll tell you something. Well, uh, I should tell my listeners, Claudia is very humble. So that is something, no, you are, and you always have been. And I, I admire that about you also, but I think, so I don't, I, I don't want to misconstrue this as like you not being grateful. Cause I know you are, uh -huh. but I know what you mean. Yeah. Hey, you okay. know what? Look, I, I have one of my superpowers that I got from my 14 years in the desert was I can eat shit hmm. longer than anybody. <laughs> You know, I can really, sh I can show up. Yeah. I can show up yeah. places where other people would go, why are you putting yourself through that? Yeah. And sometimes I go, yeah, why are you? Mm. <laughs> but and usually it's like eight after hours after I've been there and I go like, geez, I feel terrible. Yeah. And then I go, oh yeah, you can go. I think you did enough. But um um, so, but getting back to how I define success, boy, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I believe in success, mm -hmm. you know, I just don't think that that's, I don't, I try not to focus on that. Mm -hmm. I really try to focus on the thing I'm doing now. I mean, I try to be disciplined about that. So that it's like, if I'm working on this, let, let's say I'm going to pitch a show. The only thing I'm working on is having a great pitch. Mm. So that when I leave, they go, wow, that was a great pitch. I'd love to have Claudia back again. Because I go, look, they may not buy it. But how is this going to be the best pitch I can do? Yeah, Because right now, of this show I'm creating, the pitch is the only part that's real. Yeah. It's the only thing that exists. Yeah. It's on pieces of paper. Yeah. That is the show. Yeah. There's no cameras. There's yeah. no cast. There's no script. Yeah. It's like seven pages of me in an office doing a one woman show yeah. about a show idea that really is the show. Yeah. So I try to make myself not get too thinky about success because in real life, 
even when you sell a show, even when they pick up your pilot, even when they pick up your show, the good part about that lasts about maybe two days. (laughs) The good part about that is everybody tells you you did a good job. That's fun. Maybe your name is in the paper. Maybe people are calling you on the phone and saying congratulations as a way to try to get you to hire somebody. Yeah. You know, like, how did you get my number? Right. <laughs> you know, and then it's all work. Yeah. <laughs> it's all hard and this, and there'll be successes and there'll be moments. But the best part is for about two days, wow. <laughs> you feel great. You have something to talk about, and everybody's congratulating you. After that, and now it's like, oh, I got to be here. I got to be there. And then it's all just like, am I going to be able to do it? Now you're back on, can I do it again? Yeah. So uh, success is whatever it will be, whatever thing you get. There will always be two days later. It's like, what is that? It's just no. Greek mythology. The guy pushing the Sisyphus. Yes, life is that. It really is, isn't it? Yes, it is. But you're just at different points of the mountain looking. The landscape looks different, but you're still pushing up that goddamn rock. Sisyphus. It's like the best myth it ever. Really is. It really it is the best. The, the, so inventive to describe yeah. an emotional state yeah. and like a, a the daily struggle of life. Yeah. I mean, every day you're pushing the rock up a hill. Yeah, that is. And so, like, success is. I got. I don't know. I'm be- getting better at pushing the rock. Yeah, that's really what success is. Yeah, the better attitude about pushing the rock. Yeah, I'm not driving myself crazy while I'm pushing this rock. Yeah. I'm learning to love the rock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I know. pretending I had, to love the I rock. I had a young girl that I'm mentoring uh-huh. um, come to me the other day and she said, I'm just so lonely. I'm so, she's 20 years younger than I am. She said, uh-huh. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. And I said, I get that. I said, I still have loneliness. I still feel really lonely. It's still deep in me. I said, but I've just learned to kind of embrace it and like roll with it. Mm-hmm. And she said, my God, that's so awful for you. <laughs> And I was like, well, wait, no, no, no. Maybe I didn't explain myself. No. You know, I said, no, it's just, it's, it's not awful. It's actually okay. You realize like those people that you looked up to, that you thought knew what was going on, you know, oh, that person's fucking crazy. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. <laughs> oh, you're, I'm, I'm crazy. That person I thought knew everything. She, crazy. <laughs> the majority of people are crazy <laughs> and just doing the best they can. Yeah. Try to have some, you know, empathy. compassion yeah, totally, totally. and empathy, but that person's not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, during the writer's strike, I think this is when it really came home and we were all, everybody was so, I was so anxious you know, because uh, it was like, what's going to happen oh, after yeah. this and oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I talk about it with my friends and and after and they go, yeah. And I go, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go, well, they're going through it, too. Yeah. You know, nobody can help you. Nobody with has an answer. Yeah. No one's going to make you feel better. They're all freaked out. Yeah. We're all freaked out. Yeah. You know, you're doing better than a lot of these people and yeah. you're bitching. Yeah. They can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> 
you're just going to have to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So true. Okay. Lightning round. Yes. Ocean or desert? Oh, well, what do you mean? Be near it? Yeah. Just what do you prefer to enjoy? Oh, the ocean. Okay. Favorite junk food? Oh, peanut butter and chocolate in any combination. Yes. Movies or Broadway show? Oh, God. I think uh, movies. Daytime sex or nighttime sex? That's not always up to you. That's such a great answer. You know, <laughs> I, I I think you got to take into consideration how everybody's uh, doing. Texting or talking? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I guess talking, though I, I, I have gotten to the point where I can't talk on the phone like I used to, and I do miss it. I miss that. I missed it. I miss it. I had, used to talk on the phone for hours. You too. I Me know. Too. But yeah. now I, I would rather blow my brains out. Yeah. <laughs> Cat person or dog person? Well, neither. But I guess I dogs at least will do what you want and don't shit in the house. You know, which is gross. There's no, there's no, my daughter, when she was living here, she had her cats here and then, and then she was gone and I had the fucking cats and I'm not into them, you know, a, and they were the neediest. One of them was so fucking needy. It's like, aren't cats don't like you or something? (laughs) Not that one. (laughs) And, and the smell, I mean, after she took them with her, it was like, I got a professional deep clean. Yeah. I was just like, this is this is there's I I can't I can't empty enough crap. Yeah. Anyway. Cat piss is a special kind of scent I that just lingers. I, honestly, they don't need to be inside. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever worn a unitard? A unitard? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm in show business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shower or bathtub? I guess um I may be bathtub. I used to be strictly, you know, when I lived, when I was growing up in New York, I used to read comic books on the floor of the shower. Oh. Yeah. Because I like the sound. Yes. Yeah. So I like the sound of a shower, but you know, I just want to lie down now. I know. (laughs) Me too. Ice cream or chocolate? Chocolate. On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at ping pong? Um... I probably two. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? People coming up with motives for your behavior. Interesting. Can you give me an example? Like to you, to like saying, yes. oh, you behave like that because you da 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 da. Yes. Really? People do that to you? Everybody does that to me. Every, uh, yes. There's a lot of analyzing of. You're, uh, when I was growing up, both my parents were in therapy. So I, I, I use this in one of my How to Live episodes. I'm sure I heard it not, I don't know if I, it was in reference to me, but it was something I've, I heard a lot growing up. I guess my parents were worried that they had or somebody, they had uh, subconsciously sabotaged themselves <laughs> in various situations. Right. And uh, to tell somebody else that they have a child that they have subconsciously God. sabotaged themselves. So you're telling me I ruined something for myself. Right. In a manner 
that is below my consciousness so that I can't do anything about it. <laughs> oh my God. Because there's some weird evilness in me <laughs> that is self-destructive and wants to ruin things it's terrifying. for myself. It's I mean, terrifying. it's like, uh, what are you coming up? This is like, this is like the voodoo bullshit. <laughs> I mean, shut up. <laughs> you, I Maybe I forgot the fucking keys. You know, you ever heard of that? <laughs> I mean, where did we come up with this whole reasons for people? I don't need, you don't know why I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm uh flighty. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a genius. I was thinking of something more important than, you <laughs> yeah. know, your, uh, uh, picking up the bread. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not trying to fuck you. Yeah. My stepfather was, had lots of reasons why I was doing things, uh, not that he didn't care for. Right. And I, I you know, I was like, I'm not, I don't have this. I'm not, yeah. not thinking about you. Yeah. I'm not, I got enough problems. Yeah. I'm not trying to ruin your life in any yeah. way or I didn't do it. I didn't know you were in, um, there was a thing that happened is a perfect example. When I was a kid, I, one of my duties, uh, if I was home, you know, because there were no such thing as answering machines. Right. So my parents had an answering service, but sometimes people called the house and I had to write down the messages. And I was home by myself quite a bit. So I'm like seven wow. or eight and like writing down the message. Oh. And I didn't realize that my step, we were in the second floor apartment and my stepfather apparently <laughs> was working on our new apartment was going to be on the fifth floor. And so he comes home and there's a message from Mort Schwartz, who apparently, which is a name I will never forget, uh, was, must've been his agent. And it was a call back and he had missed it. And he's Mort Schwartz, you couldn't schlep up the three flights to tell me. I was like, I had no idea you were in the fucking building. And you're seven years old. Eight, maybe eight Still, or nine. whatever. Even definitely in a, 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 a maybe below seven, ten. Eight. Yeah. Definitely below ten. Wow. So I would you know so Mort Schwartz. Mort Schwartz. Do you know who Mort Schwartz? No, I don't know how Mort Schwartz is. You know I'm working on the apartment. I don't know that. I don't remember. You're working on the apartment? What does that even mean? What is that? What has to be done? I don't know what people do to apartment. I'm in third grade. Oh, God. Oh, you know, I don't know what that even, what, what you're talking about. I don't know where the new apartment is. I mean, I know it's upstairs. Oh, my God. So people coming up with reasons. Like so you're good. lazy. You don't, you're lazy and you don't care about me. I mean, it's like, I'm not lazy. I am lazy, but I don't, I care about you. I didn't know you were here. Right. That's what I mean. Right. Wow. Okay. That's a fantastic story. Thanks. If you could, this is a good one for okay. you. If you could push a button and it would make everyone in the world 7% happier, but it would also place a worldwide ban on all hairstyling products. Would you push it? Yes. Superpower choice, invisibility or ability to fly? Wow. I guess invisibility, because even though I would like to fly, I am afraid of heights. Mm. And just because you can fly doesn't mean you're going to be great at it. You know, when yeah. it gets down to it. So if those are the two choices, 
I guess, invisibility, though I really don't see what that gets you. Right. Unless you want to do bad things. Right. And I don't care about bad things. Would you rather? I'd rather have super strength. Oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna toss that in. What about super strength? I would like to be super. When I'm at the gym, yes. I'm so competitive or jealous or something with men. Interesting. They're so strong, and I just feel like, oh, if only I worked hard enough. <laughs> That's right. It's like, yeah. no, you like you can't. Right. You know. And I just feel like it would be so great to feel like you could punch somebody yeah. and handle yourself in a physical fight, yeah. which honestly seems a lot more productive than verbal fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I bet it looks- That goes like, along with your let's get this over with motto. I mean, it looks great. Yeah. When I used to fight my brothers, you know, my half brothers, now they they were both younger than me. So it was not a fair fight. Right. And I'd get down on my knees and fight them, like physically fight really? them. Really? Yeah. Did you win? Yes. I used to, have, my father would go, Claudia, you know, don't hurt them. Don't. <laughs> hurt them. You know, one day they're going to be big enough to sock you, which I felt like, oh, you mean like one day they're going to be, get to be stronger. Yeah. I better, I better get in my licks now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I thought it was great. Yeah. I was like, this is the best. Yes. You know, I don't like any sports, but I think I would be good at, I'd love to fight. Yeah. And what would you do like boxing or like martial arts or what do you think you would do if you Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. My Not like that. My shoulders aren't just good. like this. Was wrestling? I yeah, think wrestling. Wrestling. That's this was just like rough Yeah. Yes. I don't know where I. They were two. You know, they were the most yeah. rambunctious boys sure. in the world. Sure. So well, you know, they're fine. Yeah. You know, they're going to be fine. Yeah, of course. Um. Okay. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is, or a third eye? A visible third eye? Yes. I guess a penis where my tailbone is. Okay. I mean, a working penis? Yes. Oh, Only yeah, operation. that'd be great. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I sold you with that second point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I okay. think that would be. I think that would be interesting. Okay. You know, I've always wondered, what's that like? Yeah. What's so great about that? Yep. I I can't even imagine. Yeah. I imagine it's similar. Yeah. It can't be as good. That's what I hear. Yeah. I've it's, heard that too. Yeah. I mean, just scientifically, there aren't as many nerve yeah, endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it seems like at least you'd have that. Yeah. Hey, you're not going to get that with every girl. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of your first pet? Trixie. What was the name of the street you grew up on? McDougal. So your poor name, as you know, because you're Trixie smiling. Trixie McDougal. Yes. That's a good one. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show, Thank Claudia. Thank you. This was so much fun. Oh, it was so great. Was oh, so great. awesome. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Claudia. Next week on the show, we have Jen Schwartz of Motherhood Understood. Jen talks with us about her postpartum depression and anxiety and all that she's doing to contribute to more awareness of PPD and PPA. Also, if you guys are so inclined, 
please leave us a review on iTunes. Give us some stars. Give us a little written review that's really helpful to the show. And uh, head on over to milfpodcast.com where you can find show notes for every single show and tweetable quotes if you're so inclined. And also you can sign up for my monthly newsletter and keep yourselves apprised of all things Milfy. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll talk to you next week.